and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Man, I want this week, um, me and Pastor Jeremy have been talking back and forth about today and the message and, and what we believe in God for, and there's just been this expectancy. How many of you know expectancy matters? Your positioning of your heart matters when approaching the Word of God. And so when Jeremy was texting me, he's like, man, it's like, I feel like a little kid in Christmas, like waiting for Sunday. I'm like, me too. Not just because of the combined service, but because the Bible is clear that wherever there's unity, God commands a blessing. Phil, Phil, Phil confirmed it to me during prayer. He's like, I'm so excited, you know, because wherever there's unity without an agenda, God commands a blessing. What does that mean for you today? If you position your heart to receive and to, and to be hungry, posture your heart, we're hungry. You lean in, I believe you'll be blessed. It's as simple as that because God's word never comes back void. And here's what I know. What I know is that Jeremy is one of the realest people I've met. Bar, I just, you're just about to see. I've met a few people who just want the real Jesus. I just want the real thing. And so I believe today that that can be imparted into you, that you can receive that. And then I believe God's going to do something and shift in our community. I, I believe today some things are going to break off of our community with all of my heart. So this morning, could you honor Pastor Jeremy as he comes up? Just honor him. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. God was giving me composure, and I saw my little girl up here worshiping. (laughs) Can I just, this is God's heart. It really is. Can I just talk to y'all this morning? I was sharing with Gio and a few other people, and by the way, y'all have the leadership team here, your pastor and everything. You can't ask for anything better. The people that love you the way that they love you, you can't ask for anything better than that. But I was talking to him this week. I can't look at him. I, can't, I was talking to him this week. And in John 17, as we were, as we were going for this, and, and I, I felt it was important. You felt it was important. We, we kind of, we were together one day, and we um, we had been praying about this for a while, both our team and, and, and the team here. And um, we were praying about this for a while, and then one day we just finally put it on a calendar, and it stuck. And I, I, I felt there was a great importance for us to do this. But I didn't know why. I didn't know why there was such an importance. And then I was reading through it. I was reading through the Bible, and, and God led me to John 17. And in John 17, Jesus, right before he's getting ready to be betrayed, he's got a prayer that he speaks out loud in front of his disciples. His posture as he looks up to heaven and he speaks aloud. So he's, his posture is one that he is giving authority. He's, he's showing the authority that God has here on earth. But he's also speaking aloud as a teacher. And his prayer is one of unity. And in that prayer, and this is the part that stuck to me, this is, I've read this over and over before, but it's, it, he talks about, and I'm sure you have too, because he talks about how he wants us to be as one, just as 
God is one with him and that we would all be one in him. But the part that struck me was that he said that by this, the world will know that God has sent me. I'm not saying there are no other indicators that Jesus Christ is the son of God because there's a lot. But Jesus, his prayer right before he died, his prayer right before he was going to be betrayed, he knew his time was up. His prayer that he wanted the 12 people that were following him to hear was one of unity and knowing that whenever we lay down every bit of our differences and we come together, the world will know that Jesus Christ was sent by God. So this, this morning, this is not an event. This is not a time that we can come together. So that, and the, I'm sure the barbecue is going to be great. I've heard great stuff about it. But it's not just about, it's just not about the physical food. But this is about a direction. And I want us to understand whenever we walk into a direction, we can expect to see God. When we hear his voice and we respond to him, we can expect to see God show up. So I'm expecting God to show up this morning. Are you with me? Man. In Matthew chapter five, God talks, or Jesus is talking, and this is just right after he goes through the Beatitudes, and I know that this is something that, uh, that y'all been going over here. And he talks, about, he talks about us being salt, and he's like, what good is salt if it loses its saltiness? In Luke, he expands that even further where he says that it's not even good enough for the manure pile. Because it's good, you know why? Because the manure pile is used to enrich the soil and that dead salt's gonna mess up the soil. So I was, it, it, I was wondering, because Jesus doesn't go into a whole lot of explanation on this. He just kind of leaves it there and starts talking about light. But I heard an explanation from uh, Francis Chan that really just hit it on the nose to me. And he took out, he took out some salt and he put it on his Bible. And he says, you, you see this? Because this is, let's imagine that this is the regular salt. This is the salty salt. And I've got a cup over here that's full of salt that's not salty. And he pours that on top of it. He said, why would I do that? The only reason to do that is to show how big of a pile I have. And that's what struck me because it's, that's, that's kind of the, the goal now, isn't it? I mean, for a, lot of, for a lot of times, that's the goal is to show everybody how big our salt pile is, not how salty it is. But if we have to stick with a place where we only have a few people where it's salty, then that's what we need to do. Amen? <laughs> you see, because God has a call to his people. And, and the call is, is something that's going to cost you something. The reason why Jesus did the parable where he talked about the, the treasure that's in a field and the man went to sell everything that he had so that he could buy that treasure in the field is because there is a price to pay. But you have to know the value of the treasure. If you know the value of the treasure, the, the price that you're paying is well worth what you are paying. And whenever you know the value of the treasure and you obtain that treasure is whenever you can stand like the early apostles and we start looking like the early church and we're not hiding behind everything else that the world is hiding behind, but we're speaking the spirit of God in truth and we're speaking him in boldness and we're not wondering if we lay hands on somebody if they're gonna be healed or not because we have already dedicated our lives to God and we have already seen him move in this and we know 
know he is moving in us. And we, when we know he is moving in us, we know that there's nothing that his power cannot touch. Amen? So God is giving a call to his people. But this call has cost, and I want you to understand that. It's not a call that everybody is going to answer. But if you understand the value of the treasure, you will answer that. And you will enjoy what you have because it's, this is life. This is what we were created for. This is the moment that we were created for. And we were created to respond to this in a way that everything else in our, va- in our life loses value except for the treasure. The treasure is what we put forth. The treasure is what we go after. And we go after it every day of our lives. When we were singing that song this morning, God is so good, that's a, that's a song the past few weeks. That, that was a prayer that was on my heart. And I said, God, I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what the cost is anymore because I'm tired of seeing you displayed in ways that are not accurate to you. Because my God is a God of power. I can read through this, and I can see how God moved. I can see how the early church moved with God, and I can see how there were so many people that tried to shut them down, but they couldn't because the Spirit of God was moving, and everybody around them was seeing that. And even whenever the people in religious circles would try to shut that down, and they would try to kill people, the story of Stephen where he's sitting over there, and and they're getting ready to come after him, and he just looks at him and says, look, I see Jesus. That's where God wants his church to be, where when we see things coming after us, that we've already sold everything we got. We've already sold out. We've sold out so we can obtain that treasure, and we see that treasure, so whenever stuff tries to come against us, it doesn't matter what it is, because look, I see Jesus. This call has a cost, though. And I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it because Jesus didn't. Whenever a man came up to Jesus and said, let me bury my father first, he said, let the dead bury the dead. That's a hard word. But you have to understand the treasure. You have to understand the value of the treasure. Whenever the rich young man came over to him and got, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven. It's because his identity was shared with the things that he had. And to sell off everything that he had, he had to obtain a new identity. He did not realize the value of the treasure, so he walked away from it. But look what he walked away from. Look at everything he walked away. He walked away from a world changer. He walked away from the person who took our calendar from just a regular calendar to B.C. and A.D. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God is calling you. And whether you respond to that or not is up to you. But if you want to see the spirit of God move, if you want to see the spirit of God in your life, there's some things that you're going to have to let go of. Because you can't bring that junk in there with you. There's some things that necessarily aren't bad. But you have to let go of them because there's some things that have to, there there has to be death for there to be new life. So Jesus is calling us into into a moment where he wants to move in us like the early church. We're already starting. This morning, with us coming together in unity, we're walking towards a model of the early church. So we can continue this journey, but as we continue this journey, 
we're going to start seeing things, but things have to fall off in the meantime. But I'm here to tell you this morning that what it costs you is well worth the price. Because once you hold the treasure, there's no going back. And everything else that you valued before doesn't have value anymore. God loves you so much. God doesn't want to be displayed as a weak God. He really doesn't. God doesn't want to be a punchline. He doesn't want to be somebody that, that the church comes to before they go to bed and on Sundays. But God wants to be the God of your life. And he, make no mistake about it, even though you have to give up something, the treasure is worth it. And you gain a treasure. We need to sell out with fervency. Because God needs to be represented correctly. If God's represented correctly, whenever we see all these riots and everything that's going on, one man can walk into that. One man or woman can walk into that full of the Holy Spirit and turn a town upside down. But that one man better be sold out because he's going to have some things coming against him. And it might it may be like like Stephen had. Where they were coming at him and they were coming to storm him and he said, hey, I look, I see Jesus. But you know what happened whenever Stephen died, there were a thousand more people that came into the kingdom of heaven. Every time one person was killed, thousands were brought into the kingdom of heaven. When one of the apostles died, you would see things come together or when they were persecuted, there were always thousands that were added to their number because that's how God works. God is a multiplication God. I don't have a whole lot else to say this morning, but I want you to know that this has been burning on my heart and my heart for you, my heart for me, is to not hold anything back, to understand exactly what God called us to, to understand that this is not a game that this is not something that we can occasionally come and visit. You're either in or you're out. And I'm not talking about heaven or hell. What I'm talking about is the plan of God. God loves you. He wants you with him. So what's our response going to be? I mean, we made a step this morning. If you didn't feel the spirit of God in here, I can't help you. <laughs> I've never been kicked off a worship team by God before. <laughs> God has given us glimpses of his glory. A physical response is required, so what's your response? That's all I've got this morning. I love y'all, thank you. So I've come to tell you our response. I want to prophesy for a moment, yeah? He was talking about Matthew 5 when I told you we're going to hammer this Matthew 5 thing down for a while. And he talked about being sought in light. And it also says you will be a city set upon a hill. Like set apart upon a hill, not just on Sundays, but that's where you're going to abide. That's going to be the place where people see you. And you're going to be, you're going to be a place where people flock to, you understand? And so listen, if we can respond rightly to this, we can change our community. I'm telling you this. 
And as I was studying this week, what the Lord spoke to me was in Exodus 19, and I want to take us there. Because what I believe God wants to do with us is I believe he wants us to climb the mountain of the Lord. We started with that today, and what's crazy is Jamie did not know what I was preaching about today. But he says this, who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. I want to break news to you. You cannot clean your hands and you can't purify your heart. Can't do it. There's nothing you can do to make yourself holy. The only thing you can do is fight for an encounter with the Lord. Is position yourself to encounter him because the Holy One is the only one who can make us holy. Are you alive? Listen, I'm telling you, we're going to get this right. I believe it's going to start today. We're going to get it right. And in Exodus 19, what we see is an invitation for the people of God to go up the mountain of the Lord. These people who had, this is, this is where I feel like we're stuck. We, if you're in this room and you've said yes to Jesus, you have been taken out of the slavery of sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. The same way they were freed from Pharaoh in Egypt, you are free from the devil and his grip on you. But the issue is we have not yet stepped into what God has for us. Listen, salvation is not the end goal. It is the beginning place of your relationship with Jesus. It is you stepping into kingdom inheritance and destroying the work of the devil. That's why you're here. Your 401k ain't going to be worth nothing when you pass on. Your cars ain't going to be worth nothing. All we have is the inheritance we leave of people saying, he went after the Lord. What do I want my son to know from me? He loved the Lord. He honored the Lord. He, what Jeremy said, he was sold out. That's the greatest inheritance we leave our children. And so in Exodus 19, we see this, man. We see God speaking to Moses, and he wants to reveal himself. Catch this. This is what I believe he wants to do today. He wants to reveal himself to you. Some of you don't even like, no, I'm, talk, no, I'm not talking about through a pastor. I'm not talking, wow, Gio and Jeremy did a great. No, no, no. I'm talking about you yielding and surrendering, repenting, and encountering the king of glory. And so Exodus 19, he speaks to him, and this is Moses. Well, I love this, because there's got to be someone who climbs the mountain of the Lord to receive. And I want to tell you, we've been with the Lord. And I'm telling you, this is his purpose for you. So God tells Moses, tell them this. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. This today, would, for you, would look like, remember when I brought you out of addiction. Remember when I delivered you from depression. Remember you when I brought you out of brokenness. This is the message today. Remember what I've done. And now, say now. Yeah. Oh, now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be. This is what you're becoming. If you walk in obedience and you learn to live, we're in a new covenant. And the new covenant is rooted in abiding and relationship. If you keep my covenant, you will, I love this, you will be my special treasure from among all peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to the Lord. Amen. And you will be, watch this, you will be a special treasure and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people. So Moses goes up the mountain, and God is giving them an invitation. Hear me today. There is an invitation for you to go somewhere you haven't been before. Why do I love today? Because we're doing something that really hasn't been done. You just don't see it. When was the last time you went to a combined service? And I, I feel like why I'm on this earth 
is to break down those barriers of religiosity that are holding us back from changing communities. Where we can say, let's come together and let's say, let's go up the mountain. It's going to require purity and it's going to require holiness and it's going to be uncomfortable. But he's there. Come on, what do you want? What more than Jesus? The problem is we've got it twisted. We've got it twisted like our, our agendas. We believe revival. Listen, I'll know when revival happens here when I begin to see change out there. I know, I'll know it. Revival does, I can't schedule a revival. You can't do it. If you get invited somewhere where it says revival on September 20th, just say you're not going. That's just not the way God works. What is God looking for? Broken, contrite, yes. lowly people. And some of you have problems because you're like, no, 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 man, I'm great. That's great for you. But I want to go low and I want him to be. As I go lower, he goes higher. And I want people, when they come into our buildings, when I'm at Publix, if they have an encounter with Gio, it's going to be a really crappy encounter. But if I can find myself in a place where I'm full of Holy Spirit and I'm emptied of Geo, then they will have an encounter with the Son of, with the Son of God. Yes. He's alive. Yes. How do I do that? You got to go up the mountain. You got to see him. So Moses comes down the mountain and he says to the people that the Lord said to Moses, oh man, Jesus, I feel the Lord, man. Ooh. The Lord said, this is verse 9, I will come to you in a thick cloud. Moses, so the people themselves, you hear, do you, are you reading this? This is Old Covenant. So the people themselves can hear when I speak. Then they will always trust you. Moses said to the Lord, what people had, Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then Moses, then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. How did he prepare them? Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothes. Be sure that they are ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai and the people will watch. Then he says, mark off a boundary. But he doesn't just mark off a boundary for the purpose of saying they're not going to have a relationship with me. He marks off a boundary for an appointed time. And I feel this is so significant because I have been feeling in my spirit two weeks ago, something happened to me in this building where my heart shifted. And the Lord said, you've given up on 2020 and I've got great purposes for it. And the reason I want to prophesy this to you is because I believe we're stepping into an appointed time. You hear me? We're stepping into an appointed time. So Moses, he says to them, at the end of, the, of the, this, this is 13, part two. However, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up the mountain. Why is this important? Because God's purpose was always, always for them to go up. Yeah, they had a Moses. And make no mistake about it. I'm not your Moses. That pastor ain't your Moses. Moses is Jesus. I'm not Moses. Moses is Jesus. Who's leading us into encounter with a holy God. Yes. So the Lord says through Moses, I want you to prepare the people, consecrate. What is consecrate? It means that those people were to divorce themselves yes. 
from everything that the world knew is common. You don't hear that today, bro. Some of y'all got to divorce yourself from some stuff. You think you're fighting for justice. All that's happening is your peace is being robbed. I'm trying to tell you. The Bible is clear. Divorce yourself. It's not your job to be God's defender. He's a big boy. I was telling somebody this week, every time the Lord says, don't defend yourself, I know it's about to be bad for them. So watch this. There's an invitation to go up the mountain. And so he shares with the people. It said he consecrated them. I love this. So Moses went down to the people and he consecrated them for worship. He prepared them. Divorce yourself. Come. He consecrated them for worship. Oh, and here's, Jeremy was talking about a choice. I love it. He was talking about a choice because here's, here's, here's what happens when you, don't, when you don't respond rightly, right? You get to chapter 20, verse 18, and it said, when the people heard, so, so what is this? We, we've reached the appointed time. They've consecrated themselves. They've purified themselves. They've washed their clothes. What did that mean? Washing their clothes was an outward side of an inward reality. Them washing their clothes was saying, I'm cleaning my heart. This is important because I had, I had a vision last night. I'm about to share with you. It's going to happen today. Verse 18 said, when the people heard the loud blast and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the, the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance. Come on, church. Invitation chapter 19, come. God says, come. This is your moment to come. They see the reality that God, of what God said was going to happen. It didn't even catch them. God said it was going to happen. It wasn't like boom, surprise. And they saw everything that God had said was going to happen, and they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. They said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. This is the fundamental problem with Christianity. I'm trying to tell you today. I'm going to break it off of you. The fundamental problem we have with church is we have created a system where we say, you, man of God, go, and then you tell us. When the invitation is for you to climb the mountain of the Lord, see, we're looking for a promised land place, and the truth is what God is offering us is a promised place in him. It's not a land. It's not geographical. It is a place. It is a relationship with him. It's John 15. It's abiding in the vine and having a relationship where, yeah, you know what? If my pastor moves on, my faith is okay. Disclaimer, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Hmm. You speak to us and we will listen. Don't let God speak to us directly or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them. I'm trying to tell you, don't be afraid today. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to, what Jeremy said was so true. Some of you may find yourself in circles where you may be the only one that says, I'm going to climb that mountain, but you got to leave them behind. I'm trying to tell you, there's nothing for you down there. I'm tired of going 
from place to place to, to, to see a man of God who's radiating with God's glory. That's what they were left with. Moses would come down the mountain and he would radiate with God's glory, which with, when that was the invitation for all of them. To go up the mountain. And so they get left with what? You get, you get to about chapter 30. I should have marked it out. I think it's chapter 30. Help me, Lord. Maybe it's 33. You know, I know it by heart. <laughs> Moses goes up the mountain and he receives the instructions, but while they're down on the base of the mountain, they begin to get antsy. What happened with Moses? This is what happened when we refused to go up. What happened with Moses? And then they get themselves Aaron. And long story short, the fruit of you making a decision, oh, I hope you hear me. The fruit of you making a decision to not go up the mountain and die to yourself and let things go is you begin to fabricate things in the image of your own flesh. In this time, they began to take off their gold and they gave it to the man of God and he fabricated a calf and they began to worship the calf. This is idolatry. This is your checking account. This is your social media. This is your job. Oh, no amens. <laughs> Trying to tell you. The invitation for us is to learn from them. And to say, you know what? We're going to be better. There's going to be a more excellent way. You got to understand that those people who refused to step into the glory did not make it into the promised land. Their children's children were the ones who inherited what was promised to them. Why? They didn't understand that God wanted something intimate with them. They were satisfied with some fire and some cloud and with the man of God going into the tabernacle. My personal opinion is that God's will would have been for everybody to step into the tabernacle. How do I know? Because that's the new covenant. <laughs> it's unbroken fellowship with the Lord, not through a pastor. Not through a ministry team. Unbroken fellowship with the God is your inheritance. So I'm tired of us living on crumbs when there's fresh bread. Do you hear me? There's, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. There's fresh bread available. And the question for us, Jeremy said, what are you going to do? I feel like this is the question. Do we run in or do we run away? For all of us. You're like, well, no, that's emotionalism. No, it's Bible. What are you talking about? It's Bible. It's an invitation with a holy God to, to encounter him and to see his beauty. David understood this. This one thing I ask, this one thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord and to seek his beauty. This was a man with money. He had everything. And he understood this is the one thing that matters. And so here's, here's, what, here's what the Lord, I'm going to read it because I wrote this down. You and I are going to do one of two things from this point on. We will grow in relationship with him no matter what it costs us. It's crazy that you said that, bro. It's right here. 
We had no idea we were going to talk about today. You're going to go in a relationship no matter what it costs you or you're going to turn back where we came from and, and we're going to become a program-driven church. Where we go from meeting to meeting, organizing, committee running. Some of you may not even understand that. What I'm talking about is death. It's not life. Listen, we have strategies. We got ministries. But, but unless Jesus goes into those things, there's no life there. And we'll be living on the crumbs. It's like we're, we're trying to preserve. It's like, well, let's not give out all the bread because we don't know if we're going to have bread tomorrow. No, 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 there's bread tomorrow. You just got to be willing to pay the price. You got to be willing to go in for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your, for your, listen, my brother's here. He's been saved a little over a year. Now it took nine years of praying on my knees. And next week we ordained him as our associate youth pastor. Let's go. you know what? At a certain point, God told me, can you just stop? Can you just stop praying for that? And can you just seek me? We, we got to be people. On, we're on, are we on mission or what? Come on, man. This isn't a, this isn't a country club. This is soldier. This is, this is, this is an army. And there ain't nobody in the back playing on the computer. We're going to war. We're going to, we're going to war. So I'll, I'll leave you with this, as, as loving as I can. In the kingdom, there is no being stagnant. You're either going forwards or backwards. You could only, especially if you're going up a mountain, you could only stand still for so long. You're either climbing the mountain or you're regressing. And some of us, we've been rounding these mountains, man. I, I just feel it in my spirit. We've been rounding these mountains. And we've been going through the motions again and again. And I just hear the voice of the Lord saying, come. Do you feel that? Come. To die to all of these things that the world is trying to offer you, they will not satisfy. You'll never have enough money. People will never praise you enough. There's never going to be enough social status. You're never going to be able to do enough in a church because the church cannot fill the affirmation that God gives. The only thing that we need is a little bit, I'm going to show you, so simple. Jesus, we love you. And we need more of you. Like, like humility, like, I want my, I, I don't want an ounce of pride in me. Like, I want every day to wake up with an awareness, without him, I am nothing. This is poor in spirit. Every single day, I'm nothing. Every thought that comes to my head that's not from Holy Spirit is trash. It's trash. And we've got to learn. Paul talks about this, casting down every thought and imagination. And this will flow into every, like, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good mom. Get with the Lord. He's the best daddy. There's none like him. And while you're in there, why don't you allow him to correct you and rebuke you? No, no, thank you, Prude. You're like, no, no, I just want to feel fluffy and Disney World happy. Allow him to, to shape you like he's the master potter. 
I say this all the time, man. My son plays with Play-Doh. I have yet to hear the Play-Doh complain to Judah about what Judah's doing. It just hasn't happened yet. And because I love him, sometimes he comes to me with something that looks like a baseball and says it's a pizza. And I'm like, that's an amazing pizza, bro. This is God. He's just wanting us to enter into this. So I want to share this last thing. We're good. We're good on time. I said to the team this morning when we were here, I woke up this morning with this. Um, as I said in Exodus 19, God told the people to wash their clothes. And I had, I had this thing come to my head this morning about blind Bartimaeus. You remember him in the Bible when he cried out to God, to Jesus, and Jesus turned aside and he healed him. And the Bible says this, when, when he had an encounter with Jesus, he took off his robe. He took off his coat. Your Bible may say coat. But I need you to understand that this was significant. Because in those times, if you were a beggar, and this is Christianity today, we become beggars. In a place where we're sons and daughters, we're beggars. He takes off his coat the moment he has an encounter with Jesus. He takes off his coat as if he is identifying and letting everybody know that's no longer who I am. And I feel like that's available for us today. With all my heart, man, I just feel like some of us, we've been living out of identities that are just not God. We've been telling ourselves things, man, like this, this self-talk that is destructive. And we've put on robes of heaviness and sadness. And we've just said, well, this is just it. I'm just waiting for my ticket out of here. That's not what God has for you. And I'm, because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. I believe we're to a moment today where God is no longer just taking things away from us. He's asking us, will you give it? Oh, what Jeremy said was so good. How much is the treasure worth to you? Man, if we're gonna, we're gonna be real today, bro. Thank you, bro. I would take issue in my heart, not you. I'm not telling you to take issue. But if I knew God said something to me to stop doing, and I still did it, I would question my value for the treasure. Not you, me. Me. And we think in the car, well, I'm just not that bad. Like, I'm just, but it's the little foxes. Listen, we're beyond that. We're charismatic Pentecostals. We do the whole tongues. We do it all. For us, it's the little things. It's, it's the gossip. And listen, we're, we don't have no gossip here. I'm just, it's the division. It's the, well, I just don't agree with you theologically, so I can't be friends with you. All those things are what's going to stop us from being a people that we say we're going up. So, so what, what, what is our response today? I feel in my heart. This is what we're going to do. We're going to stand. Well, you can go ahead and stand now. And what I've asked for today is I've asked for our, our, our pastoral team and their pastoral team to come up. And I believe we're going to go into a time of intercession for our region. And I believe there are some of you that you, you need to change your position 
and position yourself to have an encounter with the Lord. Do you hear me? Are you with me? We got barbecue. It's coming. Take it. It's okay. It's going to be good. But just for the next few moments together, I'm going to, can the team come back up? I'm going to have the team come back up. And we're not going to rush this. I'll tell you the first thing that has to happen. Like blind Barnabas, we've got to begin to cry out for the Lord. Like all of us. We've become just so like, oh, we're, we do this. No, 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 I mean like we're desperate. Because there's something scary that goes on at the end of the book where it talks about people being blind, but they didn't know it, deaf, but they didn't know it. And that's not going to be me. I'd rather be desperate. Like every time I get, I'd rather be desperate. Like if I was physically blind and I wanted to see again, I want that for the spirit. I want it. I want it. So for a few minutes, can we just begin? Can we just begin to pray? It's going to take a few bold ones to begin to, because I know we're like, but no. Like I believe we're going to pray in this moment. And I believe, listen to me before, I believe there are some things that are going to break off this region. I mean, I'm telling you, I just felt it in my spirit. There are some things that are going to break off this region. And this region is going to be an apostolic sending center to the nations. I believe it. I just believe it. We're going to be sending. The Lord told me to believe for a thousand sent ones. A thousand. So I'm believing right now. So can we just begin to pray and just prime the atmosphere? Just all around. Father, have your way. Have your way. Come on, hungry ones. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Ima kadarada bokorodosi. Ima kadarada bokorodosi. You know, I just, I feel this in my heart, so I just want to be obedient. I feel like there are people in the room that just need to come up to the altar and just yield before the Lord. Like, if you feel that in your heart, this invitation from the Lord, like a pool, I just want to invite you up as we cry out. I just believe God's going to honor it. You have felt, you have felt just tired. You have felt like you understand rounding them out and going through the motions. You just need to get out of your chair right now. I don't care if it's two or three, but I'm just telling you, it's significant right now for us to yield at the altar of the Lord. I love it, the young people. And we just begin to cry out just again, but I just feel, I just sense that. 
like a repentance, God. We come back to the beginning. We come back, God, and we repent for going through the motions and allowing things to take, to not take their proper place. Oh, I feel that. Lord, take your proper place among us, God. Take your proper place among us. And go back. I will climb. Come on. We yield, God. We yield. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. I'm going to invite the I'm going to invite the teams up, the pastoral teams. If I can get Pastor Chicho, Pastor Tyler up, uh, Jamie, Jeremy. Here's what we're going to do. Listen, I I want I want to ask you a favor. Don't let this be a thing where you're just listening to us pray. I want you to come into agreement and to release whatever the Lord tells you. So these aren't going to be super long prayers, but I'm believing we're going to point the cannon over our communities and, and over you right now. So I just want to encourage you, listen, your voice matters. Do you hear me? Your voice matters and your voice is significant. So as we begin to pray, I just want to encourage you to come into agreement and to begin to release what God has for you. Amen? Let's just stir it up. So I'm going to let them start. Lord, we pray right now. I pray right now that doubt has to leave. I pray that the faith of a mustard seed starts growing inside, Lord God. But I pray right now that out in this community, Lord God, 
the people that are hurting, the people that have been abused, the people that have been in a fight that we cannot see, that you open our eyes to see spiritually, to touch people's lives. Because like you said, we are the light. We are the salt of the world. And I pray right now, I pray depression has to leave in young people and in older people. I pray right now, the thought of suicide has to leave. I pray that the people that feel unloved, Lord, you come into their house, into their place where they're at and feel loved again. I pray right now, God, The people that are just walking around aimlessly don't know what's happening. That you send one of us, send people to have a God encounter at the well. God, I pray right now that you do what needs to be done and not in our hearts what we want, but what you want. Let it be your will and not our will. Let us follow your words. Speak to us. Speak to this community where we need to go, where we need to touch people's lives. In Jesus' name. Lord God, right now we position ourselves as gatekeepers for this community, Lord God. Lord God, we stand in opposition with anything that tries to bring anxiety, depression. Lord God, all the things that have been allowed to reign in this community, in this community, in this area, Lord, they've been able to reign too long for lack of gatekeepers, Lord. And we stand together, Lord God, as gatekeepers for this community, that these things are have had their time, and they've had their time of destruction, and they've had their time of the life that they're allowed to reside here. Lord God, we stand in opposition. We stand as a wall. Lord God, we stand as a defense. Lord God, that these things have to leave right now. They have no more ability to reign in this area, in this community. Lord God, in this geographical location, they cannot stay. They have to leave. They've been given their eviction notice. No more can divorce. Lord God, reign in this area. No long can poverty reign in this area. No longer can hunger reign in this area. We're tired of broken relationships. We're tired of anxiety being allowed to torment God's people. We are tired of it. Lord God, we're standing as gatekeepers. No more. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, we just position ourselves this morning, Jesus, for a new thing. Father, we position our hearts this morning, God, for a new thing. I see 
dropping off old robes, picking up something new. Father, strip away every single thing in our hearts, Father, in our minds that would link us to old manna, old ways of thinking, old habits, religion, Father. Purify us into the new right now, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for hunger and thirst for an encounter with you, Jesus, that nothing else would satisfy right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now, bring us into the new. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear so that we can follow what you're doing, God. So that we can see where you're moving. God, that our hearts would not be satisfied unless we are following you, Father. That we're not following ourselves. We're following you, Jesus. We love you. Set hearts on fire for you, Jesus. I see that, that nothing else would satisfy Nothing else would satisfy. Lesser lovers have come to die today. Lesser lovers have come to die today. Things that you've given yourself to have come to die today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So after following these three men of God, there's not much that's left to be said, right? Amen. And after what happened today, there's not much that's left to be said. But I want to pray for the next generation, for the youth and the young adults, because... I feel as though the next great awakening is going to come from a youth revival. I believe that the only way we're going to get out of this situation we're currently in is by God intervening mightily. Amen? And I think that God is going to use the youth to do that. So right now, Father, in Jesus' name, can we all lift our hands to heaven? In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for the next generation, God, for the young adults and the youth, God, that you would have them draw a line in the sand, God, that they would declare today that I will stand in holiness and purity. I will be different from the world, and I will lay hands on the sick. I will preach the gospel. God, we pray today that you would light their hearts on fire, God, and that they would be separated from the world, so much so that they can see Jesus and the glory of God shining from their face. God, we pray for this next generation, Lord. We pray because we know that everything coming against them is more than it's ever been. And God, you've declared where the enemy comes in like a flood that you would raise a standard. Today, we declare that this next generation will be that standard. So, Father, we believe in what you're doing, God, and we ask that you would light them ablaze. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says... God, as we behold your beauty this morning, as we behold the beauty of surrender to you, Father, I pray that that surrender will play over in our hearts. God, that it won't be a one-moment thing, God, but you will start, start taking things away, that, that you will start pointing out, put your finger on the things that need to go. Put your finger on the things that we need to sell out for. Put your finger on the things that need to get behind us so that we can see more of you. God, I pray that you put your finger on the things that have held us back. Put your finger on the things that we have put too much possibilities, too much responsibility for our lives on. God, I pray that you put your finger on anything that would have held us back from your full glory, from walking in what you want us to walk into. And God, that I pray you 
release your glory in us, God. As we walk down this path, Father, I pray that you release your glory, that we will see your footsteps in front of us and know that we are following the King of kings and Lord of lords. Know that we are following our God. Know that we are walking into, and when the things around us look like they're getting too big, God, we will see you. We will see Jesus, and we will point them out. We will say, look, there's Jesus. I know you're coming against me, but look, there's Jesus. God, I pray your voice will be louder than any other voice around us. And we will submit to that voice each and every time we hear it. God, I pray you call out the salt. That you call out the salt. And let us be fruitful in the things that we do. Let us be fruitful in our response. And God, I pray that the people here will take this as a moment in time that they can mark on their calendar as a before and after. This is the day where I told God that I submit everything in my life. This is the day that I told God that there was nothing else in my life that held value above the treasure. There's nothing else in my life that held value that would not, that would keep me from the hill. Father, we submit to you totally and completely, and whatever the cost is, we will pay it. I want to do one more thing that I think is significant, so just hang on for a minute. I'm going to have our brother come share a word. Can you do it shortly? Just have to do something. And then I'm, I, I got to do one more thing in prayer, but it's going to be significant. Amen? Just stay with me. Father, we're making prayers up here. God would put fire in your heart. I would ask you to do one more thing for the Lord. All of those things that you carry that would smother that flame and get rid of it. For no matter how big the fire, water can put it out real quick. A blanket soaked with water can put out a fire. Ambitions can kill a fire. Pride can kill a fire. So those things that all you can think of that would kill a fire, if you look inwardly and say to yourself, what is it that would kill my fire? And then your fire would flame because you see there is a fire in you. Everybody has a fire. But you need to know what's keeping you from letting it burn where everybody can see it. Come on, I pray you receive that word. Hey, listen, the, the last thing I want to do is I want to call, call up all the wives of, of the pastors. I'm going to call my elders up and some of my, the prophetic company to come up. Um, you guys can come up on stage. And we just want to lay hands on them and bless them right now. So I'm going to ask you guys, even if you're in the crowd, to stretch your hands. This is, this is one of the most important parts of today for me. I want you guys to stretch your hands, and I just want you to release blessing on them right now. And that everything that God has for them, that they would walk in kingdom. You guys can come up on stage and just begin to bless them right now. You guys could just begin to pray, and we're just going to pray and prophesy over them. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the plans that you have. 
And God, we thank you for the anointing and the giftings and every single one of them, God. And God, I thank you that there's so much more. Father, we call deep unto deep, God, that they may step in, that they may step in, God, and we bless them, and they're coming and they're going, God. Everything that their hands touch, God, that it would be blessed. Father, I ask that you would mark them. Mark them, God. Mark them, God. Mark them, God, with fresh fire. Like Leviticus 6, God, that the fire at the altar would never burn out. That it would continue to burn day and night and night and day, God. God, that you would stir, Father. Oof. Wow. Father, I thank you for mantles that you've put on them, God. God, I pray for perfect clarity, God. Perfect clarity, God. Ooh. Oh, just a little bit longer. We bless them. We bless their feet, God. They're coming, God. We cover them. We cover them. We cover them, God. And we bless them with more Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. Father, I pray over dreams. Dreams, God, that may have been laid dormant, God. We speak fresh life over them right now. God, the same way you breathe fresh wind over the bones in Ezekiel 37, God, that you would breathe fresh wind of your Holy Spirit, that they may be able to step into the new God. Like Naaman, he had to dip into that river seven times, God. I ask whatever it takes that you would give them the capacity to go in again and again. Father, I pray for visions and dreams. I pray for the young people of their church, God, that they would burn that they would burn at a capacity that's never been seen before. Father, I ask that the secret place would become their favorite place. That they would hunger and long for the secret place. You're worthy, God. Teach us how to love you. Oh, Father, mark them with obedience. Obedience. Father, I thank you what you're birthing through them. Oh. It's a new day. New life. I just see something new being birthed. Thank you, Father. You're good, God. You're good, God. You're good, God. Come on, let's just seal it. Oh, you're faithful, God. Oh, 